0: Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at horrormakesushappy.com. Before we get started, we're going to do the trigger warning here. Just in case you're not ready for it, we're going to be talking about messed up stuff. Horror movies, horror culture, occult stuff could involve anything from murder, rape, suicide, child abuse. There will be F-bombs. Many of them. Many of them. I may or may not have already... (laughs) Did one Dropped
1: 17 of them <laughs>
0: before the disclaimer. Hello, Patreon listeners. You get to listen to all that stuff without a disclaimer. Cause you know, you don't, cause we don't care about you. Fs. Anyway, to complete the disclaimer before I potentially drop any more F bombs. Uh, yes. If that's not your cup of tea, go check out something more PG 13. If it is listen to us, talk about all kinds of fucked up shit, like murder, rape, and suicide, which, um, I have a feeling One of those will come up at some point during this discussion, at least one, (laughs) at least one. So coming up in the near future, we uh, will be talking to, I believe, Jack Amos, as well as Mr. David Pryor, director of the recent movie, uh, The Empty Man. But today we have the pleasure of the company of a man who has violated more severed heads than a colony of dolphins. (laughs) Known for found. Pod of dolphins, by the way. Oh is, oh, is it Pod? They go by Pod? Yes. Well, they're assholes, yeah. so fuck them. <laughs> Seriously, dolphins are the goddamn worst. Um, You can look it up. There's stuff on the internet. They're Shane Beasley.
2: Right? Yay, Shane Beasley.
0: There's a guy. Thank you for joining us Hi, today. i like to just
2: say fuck. A times. <laughs> <laughs> fuck get fuck, get fuck in on the fuck. action. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Get it all get out of your. fucks stuff. out
2: now. Yeah. All fucks.
0: Hello. All fucks
1: given. Hello. Uh, So yeah, Shane Beasley, um, best known for actor and special effects on Found, Headless, Space Babes from Outer Space, and uh, something we won't mention.
3: Uh,
1: (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Um, Is there anything that you'd like to pitch before we get into the meat of the interview?
2: Um, I don't have anything necessarily coming up, but I am available for uh, special effects (laughs) jobs. Pitch yourself. Yeah, Yeah, I'll pitch myself. Uh, um, (laughs) I'd love to work on movies again, but uh, you know the group that I'm with is uh, a little separated right now. Uh, I'm available for uh, birthday parties, bar mitzvahs,
3: uh, <laughs> and receptions.
2: Uh, you want to see some head fucking? You got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure there will be but some. Kids very... love
2: it. I mean, it, it's really uh, good at birthday parties. You know, you it's sir like, hey, are you blow this balloon up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, first you blow the balloon up, then you fuck the
2: balloon. (laughs) Oh no, that's—it's a whole process. You know, Mm -hmm. got to drop pads. You know, stop. You know, (laughs) kicking in the back. I got (laughs) to use different nozzles. You know, because I get a little uncomfortable sometimes with hemorrhoids. But you know, it happens. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I can just imagine. That was terrible. There, there could be at least one or two people out there who are thinking about this now. Man, like,
2: wait a minute, that could actually work. <laughs> you got to stretch the balloon first. You know, you can't get it that first initial blow right off the bat. Yeah,
1: no, no, you no, always I, stretch I've been mean thinking about hiring you to do this. <laughs>
2: you know, right? Like, this I have to see. <laughs>
1: Uh, So in this interview, we'll be asking three sets of questions covering your childhood, your teenage years, and adulthood to find out what it is about horror that you like. The idea being that um, if we interview enough people, we might find some interesting common themes or uncommon ones, too, which could also be interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. We come at it from these different angles because sometimes it triggers memories that you'd forgotten about. But that said, it's not meant to be a therapy session. So if there are any questions that you don't want to answer, just say pass and we'll move on. Would you like to talk uh, about your fagia? Your <laughs> <laughs> Uh What are some of your earliest memories of scary things?
2: Um, so I am the oldest of uh, four ch- feral children. Um, we, feral. Were, uh, <laughs> we were scholastically raised in uh, West Virginia by a single mother. Love your mom. Um, but uh, she was uh, always, uh, s- she did school during the day, you know, worked at night, you know, always, she came in to yell at us about, having the house a mess and uh, went to bed, you know, kind (laughs) of, but uh, we uh, all had an affinity for, for gross and uh, gory things. Hmm. So like the weekends would come and it would be time to go to the video store and each of his kids got to pick a a movie and I was straight to the horror Uh, I was very much uh, into the cover art. Yeah, you know, if, if I found something that was like, "Ooh, this looks like it'll be good," you know, it'd be a total crap movie, but you know, <laughs> the cover art was awesome, so you know, I'd get that. You know, so I was always uh, into the the horror um, genre as opposed to uh, romantic comedies because you know I was a young boy and didn't. Right care what girls thought
0: (laughs) I mean plus just like you said the cover art what's what do you have on the cover art for a romantic comedy two people in like over puffy 90s attire one of them maybe giving the other one a a side eyes smile whereas you know in in horror movies you have a giant ball of flesh eating critter monsters that's rolling down a road at you like that's
2: yeah I I saw critters I was like yeah hey look at that thing Mm -hmm. yeah that, that, that one really got me when I was a kid. I, was, I loved it.
0: I fucking, uh, what was another one that everybody kept saying was uh, very attractive as far as the cover art goes? I, I think uh, the original Night of the Demons?
2: Yeah. There was one that had uh, the, you know, where you, like, move it back and forth, and it'll do, like, movements. Oh, yeah, the hologram articles, covers. Yeah. And uh, it was one with, like, it was a window, and then you would move it, and it would be, like, this demon, like, coming in through the window. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would... I, I never got the movie, but I'd always, every time, I would go... Grab that video and just like move it you back. Just and stand forth. there
1: for five minutes. <laughs> wow, this is so
2: cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to the point where, like, one of the, uh, I don't know if it's Blockbuster or something like the the store employees are like, please stop turning the videotape. God, every hour, <laughs> everyone. Are you going to buy it? No. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think so.
1: <laughs> don't touch it. <laughs> on, don't touch that. Yeah. Um,
2: that and living in a small town, we had one theater that had one screen that would play like movies for like two or three weeks. And so I got to see like Elm Streets and the Friday 13th and all that, you know, you go into the ticket thing and I'm like, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old. And they're like, well, you know, this is an R rated movie and you're not supposed to be in here. And I was like, yeah, but you know, my mom, you know, I always get to watch all done. the, I got to watch any movie, you know, it's like whether it was rated R or rated PG 13, we, we got to go see it. So oh, wow. It was, yep. a, that was a plus, you know, that was really Good to have that. <laughs> it's good to to have children see things like that, you know, and letting them know, you know, well, this is fake. Yeah,
0: you know, I agree. What? It's healthy, you know. I mean, yeah. things like uh, graphic violence and you know, even sexual situations. Other European mm-hmm. countries expose children to it early, and that way they have more of an understanding of it. Not, uh, yeah, it's not yeah. taboo and scary then.
2: Yeah, when right. you hide stuff from kids, I mean, that that it makes it almost gives them the curiosity to seek it out more. Mm-hmm. Off. Yeah.
1: yeah all right so movie cover art uh you did mention elm street and friday the 13th um were there any particular movies or not even movies but you know books or stories or anything in particular that jump out to you as being memorable from back um, then?
2: i mean uh hellraiser definitely changed my life when i first saw it yeah i didn't think that like like sexual horror you know, I, I didn't really know anything about that. And when I first saw Hellraiser, it was like, this is very erotic. You know, I was like, course. this is yeah, like, I'll be back in a second, folks. <laughs> 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 but like, and then finding out, like, from the hellbound heart in the story, it's like whenever uh, the the dad character was bleeding, when he dropped that first bit of blood on the floor, mm-hmm. you know, and then finding out later that that's where Frank had originally either jerked off or bled or something like that. And that's how he came back is like the blood has to touch something like that was, you know, erotic in the first place, like a semen or something like that. So like mm-hmm. the fact that like uncle Frank had been jerking off all over that attic
3: <laughs> to, to,
2: to bleed on that one spot. And here he comes fucking pulling out of the, which amazing fucking sequence for special effects, by the oh, way, Oh yeah, that, mm. the, that reverse and then the arms coming up out of the floor and it pulling up as a
1: brain. And yeah, I always you know, love that sequence. Wonderful, wonderful. I, now that you mentioned that I'd forgotten about that, but you're right, that was a definitely an interesting one. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, especially the addition of the, the baby crying because he is kind of
2: reborn. That's yeah, yeah. The whole
1: like when he just lifts
2: up, and just, uh-huh. you know, yeah, yeah, that,
0: that whole that, thing is just
2: chef's kiss, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the, the whole, yeah, that movie, like, because I'm when I first watched Elm Street One, I was 10 years old, it was like you know just after it was like 85 and it was just come out on video cassette and we were at a birthday party and none of the kids could watch it, you know? So I was like <laughs> sitting behind the couch, like looking around the corner and every time I'd see Freddie, it was just like, Holy shit. You know, this, this guy's crazy. And, and the whole, like, I mean, now that I look back at it, it was the whole like vulnerability. I, I really like vulnerability and in, in movies and, yeah, Friday the 13th, you know, they're running, he chases, he kills, you know. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's like you get put into a situation where you can't get out. And Elm Street was the king of that. Oh, yeah. It's like you cannot get out of your dreams. You know, you have to sleep sometime. Mm-hmm. Yep. And
0: you're in this entire world that you can't yeah, escape. Like, you know, it's not like I can't get out of these woods, I can't get out of this house. It's no, your entire yeah. universe is the trap.
2: Yeah, like I'm, I'm seriously safe in my bedroom. Well, no, you're not, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I I think that one uh, hit me the the hardest was, I mean, I love Elm street. Elm street's my, my go-to, I have a tattoo of Freddie on my arm. I'll be a very bad one, but
1: Mm -mm -mm. I'm so would you say Elm Uh, street is your favorite horror movie then, or
2: yeah. Elm Street's my favorite. Yeah. The whole series, I can't pick one. You know, I I usually watch all of them. I used to watch them like to go to bed too. You know, just the sound, (laughs) the the screeching, the screaming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just the, the, I mean, the music, the, the, you know, it's it's real nice and it was like soft and and comforting, but you knew that was like the ominous, you know, here it comes. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of that and the, the bathtub scene, you know, the, the bathtub scene we used in, in headless, um, you know. like with headless, we used a, a lot for everything reference. Everything was a reference to this. You know, we had the chase scenes. We had like this, this thing, and when we had the bathtub scene where it was like shot and Kelsey, uh, Kelsey's like right between her legs shooting at her face. And I was like, yeah, that's the shot. You know, uh-huh. you're doing the Elm street shot, aren't you? And are like, yeah, we're doing the Elm street shot. <laughs> yeah. Slight <laughs> you know, homage, you
0: know, not obvious, yeah. but a uh, slight homage.
2: Yeah, yeah. If you're really looking for it, you know, you'll you'll see yeah, little things like that.
1: Cool. How old were you when you saw Hellraiser?
2: Um, probably like twelve, maybe okay. thirteen. So okay. I was just in the in the uh, finding out that my penis did something other than urinating. <laughs> well, perfect yeah, timing. Was, like, hey, yeah, right? this so thing like, has well, other yeah.
0: purposes, and I kind of like them.
2: And hey,
3: what's
0: that yeah. thing what, wearing leather that? over
2: there? <laughs> yeah, why is this pointing up? You know, it's like, I got a compass now. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> <But> why <laughs> is it
0: pointing towards me where the to rest go? Stuff.
2: Yeah, it always. Yeah, it definitely tells me where to go. Yeah, <laughs> the old landing rod. But yeah, that's, I mean, once I like, you know, saw your your first set of breasts, you know, it was like, okay, I need to see more yes. of those. Well, yeah, <laughs> keep them coming. You
1: know. <laughs> and there were a couple of those in uh, both Hellraiser and Elm Street.
2: Yeah. And it, the, the most fucked up part about Hellraiser was Frank coming in and you know, Julia's laying there and she's like, well, I'm getting married to your brother. And he's like, that's great. Let's fuck, yep. you know? And then they fuck on the wedding dress, you know, literally on the wedding dress that she's about to wear to go get married to his brother. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, Oh, I'll do anything for you. It's like the biggest cock I've ever had. That <laughs> <laughs> just tells you how, how bad Julia was. You know, yeah. I was she, gonna say there were some the issues real. with that family. Oh yeah, she was the real villain, you know. <laughs> Goddamn stepmothers every time.
0: One hundred percent. Yeah, Julia. Um, <laughs> Julia did not have a, a kind bone in her body. Well,
2: well, you know, she had a couple. You know. <laughs> I was gonna say, but those were Frank. also unkind. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Frank was just a uh, misunderstood. You know? Yeah, he, he played with the box. He was curious. And yeah, he wanted to know what it was like.
1: <laughs> there's, there's a couple uh, double entendres
3: there.
0: I
2: know, I was about yeah, to say, we, say, we
1: talking yeah, about the mother box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh,
1: double entendre
2: Box opening. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned that your mother was kind of uh, lax uh, on this stuff, but you also did mention that um, you knew that they were fake. Um, I'm going to say this. Was there a time, was there something that you didn't know it was fake? Like when did you, when was the dividing line where you realized, okay, this is, this is fake.
2: Um, well, I mean, I always knew that, you know, it's like, you can't really like faces on, on of death, mm. uh, which, uh, have people have talked about before in your podcast. Uh, it was supposed to be mm. real, but then I was like, well, this is uh, crazy. I mean, like how are they catching these moments where this like person's being pulled apart or this leg, you know, like his leg got ripped off or something like that. And, I always thought, you know, it's like, I know it's fake faces of death, put in a documentary. I was like, okay, well this is real. You know, this, this, this has to be real because it's a documentary. You you need the music and the, the score and everything to make it fake, you know, in, in my eyes. It's like, okay, well this, it's still a movie. It's still a movie. It's only a movie. It's only a movie.
1: So there was never a time where you had seen something where you thought it might be real back then.
2: Um, Yeah, not really. I mean, I was always looking for the, um, and that's what, why I got into special effects. I was always, you know, really big on special effects. Like how did they make that look Uh, real? mm -hmm. You know, it's like knowing that, knowing that that it's just, you know, rubber and Mm -hmm. glue and some paint, you know, especially with like the old, uh, the Fauci movies. You know like because that their red would be like just so like <laughs> bright and, and
0: yeah thick. with the old italian horror it's i've always noticed that it is kind of you, you got to kind of think like it probably didn't cause too much real terror or fear in children or anybody who watched it because it's like yeah that's that's like house paint yeah. red
2: and, and, and again it was very romantic yeah you know they, that they always made like a like the 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 Orchestration in the background was just like,
3: oh, you know,
0: yeah, you know, that. And you kind of touched on this a second ago. I think that that might actually be a good point. Is the uh, the soundtrack like with Faces of Death? It's a documentary, so there are scenes and moments where there's no sound, but Mm -hmm. you never really notice it. But subconsciously, maybe the uh, the soundtrack of a film helps you realize that it's fake because you've got a score. It's like your your mind and your brain are set in that I'm watching a story mode because it has a soundtrack,
1: but was there any good,
0: th- I was just going to say, but yeah, it also still helps you like um, stay in that mindset of this is just a movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, this is a, this is an entertainment. It's a, like, it's a, it's a, it's a song, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an entire composition. It's, it's, it's taking the the audio and the video and meshing it together to make a, an
1: emotional experience. Um,
0: it's art.
1: It's art. Yeah. This is an art film. Did you understand that yeah. intrinsic intrinsically or was there somebody else in your life at that age that kind of keyed you into some of that stuff?
2: Um, well, I had a best friend, uh, my best friend, Steve, he, uh, we would watch, we would uh, dare each other, you know, it's like, well, let's try to find the the scariest movie we can find, you know, and, and like try to scare each other on that. So we were always like back and forth, like, you know, Hey, watch this part, you know, watch this part. You know, or something like that. But um i I've always been musically inclined. I, I uh was uh definitely uh put into uh music in an I guess. My mother went to a lot of concerts while she was pregnant with me. Okay. You know <laughs> so, That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I've always had like uh, a an, an, an internal rhythm, I guess, which mm-hmm. definitely helps with my current job of uh stage lighting. Yeah, you, know, you need you need color composition. You need geometry. You need uh, musical timing. You know, if you don't know the band, you should know the music.
1: You know, and so you had this friend Steve. Uh, was he older than you, or about the same age?
2: Um, I'm actually uh, about two months older than him. Oh,
1: okay, okay. yeah, about yeah. well, same age.
2: Uh, I had uh, like our family. My stepfather at the time was uh, very into uh, TV evangelists and religion i mean he was he was a bad bad person and he watched all this religious stuff to basically justify you know it's like it's okay that i do these bad things because i'm watching and i'm praising god and i'm sending money to all of these like you know jimmy swagger and shit like that uh my friend steve was my escape you know we weren't allowed to have toys we weren't allowed to have like uh, comic books or anything like that, or video games. It was, you know, that's all the devil's work. You know, the devil says you can't watch, Jimmy Swagger says I can't watch He-Man or the Smurfs because they use magic instead of praising God. So I was never allowed to to watch all that stuff. My friend Steve, however, was allowed to have all those things. So (laughs) So I I just go to his house and then he would go to sleep and I'd be up all night just going through his comic books, playing his video games, you know, (laughs) you know playing with his transformers and, and all that stuff. So it was like, Steve was always the one that had everything and I would always go to his house and I mean, it sounds like i I was using him, but you know, it was a, it was a mutual friendship. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey. uh, okay. So mm, it doesn't sound like there was anything really uh, related to horror. Well, I, I take that back. I was about to say, it didn't sound like there was anything in, in horror that scared you, but you did mention in Elm Street, there was some vulnerability and that, you know, you can't escape your own need to go to sleep. Um, was mm-hmm. there anything else that scared you back then?
2: Um, I mean, I mean, jump scares, you know, now they're, they're easy as hell, but you know, jump scares were always a, a big mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, it's like daring each other to watch this movie. And like, especially if you've seen the movie and you're trying to show it to someone else, you know, and you're like looking to see if they're going to have that same reaction that you had whenever you watched it. And,
1: What about in real life? Uh, Um, I don't know.
2: I mean, I think emptiness scares me the most, Hmm. you know, just nothing around, nobody around. Like if if they're walking through like a a dead town or, you know, going through the forest at night, you know, the, the fact that there could be something there, Mm -hmm. but usually there isn't. And (laughs) you just build yourself up. Yeah. So we used to go, we used to go camping a lot and we would, you know, just, Put each other in situations where it's like you know, let's, you know, let's. There's a cave over there. Well, let's go climb in there.
1: Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Is it just the uh, the general unknown that's scary to you, or is it? Or are there specific things? Yeah, I, I
2: think it would definitely be the unknown. Okay. It's it, the fact that my overactive imagination would probably do the better of me. Hmm.
1: Um, okay, so nothing, <clears throat> nothing in your early years that triggered any uh, existing fears or uh, you know traumatic stuff.
2: Yeah, not, I mean not by movies or anything like that. I mean just, I, I think uh, emptiness is probably my biggest you know fear. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm okay with spiders. I'm okay. Uh, small snakes. You know I'm okay with big snakes. Little snakes, no.
3: Hmm.
2: <laughs> well, it's the little ones I'll get you. It's the, yeah. Well, that's the, the quickness and the agility, you know, it's like they will snap at you real fast mm-hmm. and, you know, big snakes can too, but you know, they're a little slower in their, their movement.
1: It sounded like you're,
2: I was always good with like pythons.
1: It sounded like you're going to say something else about mm-hmm. emptiness. Oh, uh, I don't know. I just lost my oh. track of the train okay. of thought. <laughs> uh, any scary dreams when you were a kid?
2: Um, I mean, none that
1: Early I can remember yeah. off
2: the, okay. the, the bat. The ones I hate is like the ones that I'm, I'm having a good time and I'm hanging out with people. And then I wake up and I was like, well, that was cool. I'm <laughs> know, right? Those are the worst. Get back you into up. the dream. And it's like, I can't go back into that dream. And then that's by the time funny. I try to get back, I forgot what the dream was in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what I hate, too. It's like, cause I remember all the things about it but now I can't explain it because I can't remember anything (laughs) that happened. (laughs)
0: Right. Like you remember the emotions of the experience and and that it was cool.
1: But then like, what exactly was the thing? I've often said that there, there's a number of different reasons that we dream, but one of them is based on the emotions that it's not, you know, uh, how can I say this? Our our brains are among other things, emotion processing machines and, and like to, Create situations that the situation doesn't really matter so much. It's whatever the emotion it is that it evokes. How would you handle this yeah. emotion?
2: Which I I never handle it well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a crier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I cry when I'm happy. I'm crying. when I'm sad. You know, anytime I there's like a like a I mean I guess because uh, my father left before I even knew who he was. You know, so. It was one of those, you know. Anytime I see like a father and a son or something, you know, the hug or they like, "I'm so proud of you." I always get like a.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, dude!
0: If you have not yet um, watch the show Invincible, the the animated series, and um,
2: yeah, yeah, I, I, I've seen it. Yeah. I okay, yeah,
0: dude. The fucking end. I I can't, I can't <laughs> help it. I blow her up every time.
2: Yeah, right? he's like, I'm your son. He's like, you're nothing to me. I'm I'm the ultimate race. You're only half, you know. Dad, <laughs> like, you, Dad. I'm, I'm treating your mother like a. I'm just treating your mother like a pet. Like Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's like you fuck right? this lady, you know. <laughs> you the bestiality, right? Yeah. Oh. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some yeah, people out so there. Sure.
2: <laughs> if only Rover, if only Rover could talk. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> or it's good for you that he can't.
2: Like oh, it's okay. You know, if you put yeah. peanut butter on your dick, it's okay because it's your dog. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. nothing. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah.
2: <laughs> today's sponsor is Peter Pan. <laughs> I'm just saying that peanut butter works well. Peter it's it's an you know? yeah. They don't go for jelly as much. They take a bite when you use like meat flavored things.
1: You know, that's dangerous. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You don't want that. <laughs> <Yes>. That's dangerous. <coughs> At least it sounds dangerous. I wouldn't know. Yeah, uh, uh, Yes.
0: Anyway, moving on from dog peanut butter fellatio
1: <laughs> the way you said <laughs>
0: that's gonna be that's gonna be my next band name and or song name: dog peanut butter fellatio
2: yeah, dog peanut butter fellatio
0: <laughs> Not to be confused with llama peanut butter fellatio because that, that just gets messy. It's, no,
2: yeah, forget about jelly butt. I mean, uh, we'll just stay right out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> jelly butt enema coming up soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a crust band. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh well, I was thinking you're going very close to Guar territory, really. <laughs>
2: yeah, helped. I love Guar. <laughs> I've got to see them. I, I went to the Housecore Horror Festival with uh, Phil and Salmo yeah. in uh, Texas. Uh, really? First for Found and once for Headless. And the one for Found, uh, the Melvins, played right before Guar. And oh, it was still Odorous playing and all that. And oh. Odorous didn't sing a single lyric. Like he just blah, 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 blah. was like, the whole <laughs> concert. <laughs> it's just like, blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, I know <laughs> the words. You know, I'll go up there and you know sing them for you. <laughs> you <know? laughs>
0: like he intentionally didn't say a single word. It was all just blah blah blah. Yeah, blah, just, yeah blah, the
2: whole blah. the whole set. He was just blah blah
1: blah blah blah. <laughs> that is We're awesome. here to just say fuck you. Uh, uh, yes, pretty but much. Then I uh,
2: I got to work at the uh, the gathering of the Juggalos in uh, 2016. Oh yeah. And they had the uh, new singer there, so I was a uh, basically stage tech for lighting. Nice, And uh, so I got to hang out backstage the whole time. So I was like hanging out with the guar guys out of their makeup. And I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, ICP, they brought in like 17 pallets worth of Fago. <laughs> oh my God. Because yeah. of it course was, they uh, did. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, Warren G came up, did regulators, and then took the fuck off. <laughs> you know, right. said, what? One song, here's, where's my check? Yep. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> wow but yeah, I love Guar. I I used to, we watched their videos, the tapes all the time, you know, like phallus and wonderland and (laughs) America must be destroyed.
1: How old were you when you were seeing those teenagers? Uh,
2: yeah, pretty close to teenage, like a, like probably like late eighties, early nineties, you know, back when we didn't have, and we had MTV, but it was playing Madonna videos every fucking 10 minutes. And we had the radio, um, I mean, with West Virginia, there, there aren't really very many venues you can go, you know, you would have to go to Pittsburgh, in order to go see something, you know, a band play live or something, which like was at 92. I had a friend I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see this band playing in a garage. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to go see no band. It was tool tool uh, was playing in huh. somebody's garage in Pittsburgh, you know, That's <laughs> in early 92. And wow. if I would have, that was one of those missed opportunities, you know, it's like, who in the fuck is tool, you know, I'm like I'm go see this <laughs> fucking band called tool. And then I, fucking got undertone. Right. I was like, oh my God. Oops. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's because we're playing yeah, right. in a garage, we're a little- dude. We're, we're tools. Yeah. We're time travel. Tool. Come on. Yeah. Playing in this guy's garage. Uh, well, yeah.
1: let's come back to that. There's one last question I wanted to ask about the uh, uh, childhood years. So you had already mentioned a few times um, special effects and it sounded the way you worded it. It sounded like you were starting to get into that even in your uh, childhood years. Did you um, have some sort of exposure to that early on?
2: Um, I did not uh, like resources and stuff like that. I mean, I, I mean, I love the movies, you know, I was like, that's why I would get some, especially mm-hmm. if it had like a lot of gore in it and things like that. But uh, I, I didn't really get any resources until after I met Arthur Culver. And so like, I've always been a little arty, you know, here and there. Um, I, I draw, I paint, uh, I can do stained glass sculpture you know all that stuff but i never really used it mm. in in that way and uh when i met arthur colifer he was like well i went to i think he went to the stan winston school down there in florida mm. like he's he's from orlando and uh he he was like yeah he's like here's five gallons of latex and here's some you know we got some oil-based uh clay over here let's let's make some monsters and stuff mm-hmm. I'm like wait we can do that you know <laughs> So it was like, you know, as soon as I got, you know, I had the, the ability, I just didn't have the resources and Arthur Put definitely the two together. Yeah.
1: How old were you met when you met him?
2: Oh, uh, this was 2006, 2007. So I was probably just getting okay. about 30, 31. You know, so I, I'd been, I'd been doing things like a, like with drawing and with painting and stuff like that, but it was never like anything okay. that would be like film worthy. You know, it was always, you know, something where right. I, I needed a bag of weed, you know, I was like, I'll paint you a picture. Okay. Right. paint me something. You know.
1: Okay, I'll put a note, uh, to talk more about that when we get down to the adult section. Um, the reason that I asked is because there have been so far a handful of people that we talked to that learned about it early on. Like, I think for example, uh, Kareem Hussein uh, had gotten a book about um, the making of some horror movie when he was a kid. And so he knew about it as a career early on, but not every question is going to apply for you. We just ask because you never know what's going to work for you and what didn't. So um, is there something about the um, extremism of horror that you enjoyed when you were a kid or.
2: It's always like, you never want to retrograde. You never want to go back. You know, you always, it's it's always that that the curiosity to go further, mm-hmm. you know. Back in the day, it was I was limited to what was ever at the video store. So if the person at the video store said, "Well, no, I'm not showing that," you know, I couldn't see it, you know. But thanks to the internet, you know, you <laughs> get all kinds of great stuff. You know, it's <laughs> all there on the internet. Yeah, yep. Serbian film definitely. Like I was watching it with one of my uh, horror buddies, and uh, like. It was 11 a.m. He was like, dude, this is too early for this. It's never too I, early for newborn porn. Come and that's on. what I was like, dude, like, like, he pulled it right out of her vagina and stuck it on his dick. You know, you know? like, wow. <laughs> like what? Like spoilers. Like someone actually thinking of that. Yeah.
0: You're right. Well, I said, it's like, like w- the first 10 minutes, I think. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, but like with headless and stuff, it was uh, in found the, the headless killer. It was all Todd Rigney. You know, we were, we literally like almost went page for page with the book found. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really have that much of a, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, when we made headless, it was like, okay, well we're, we're taking a 10 minute clip out of a movie and we're going to make it into an 80 minute film, you know? So, so how are we doing this? And it was weird because I was like, well, okay, well each sexual experience has to be different because it's just going to get boring if Mm. I'm just sitting there fucking ahead you know so like the first one i stick my thumbs in the eye holes and i was just like i'll just hold it as a handle and they were like dude that's fucking genius you I know mean, let's fucking do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so it'd be like i was doing it all nonchalantly but then it was just like okay this is great this is great but my favorite one was uh the hitchhiker which the hitchhiker just comes out of nowhere i'm just gonna pick her up and do my thing with her mm. and uh i i messed up on the effect i i didn't put enough silicone on her throat when i made the uh, the initial head and it was great because then i just like bored out a hole in it and then i put you know the dildo up inside the uh the neck there and you could see the the dildo going up and down inside of her throat and i was just like that's it and i was like nice. that is my shot and we have that one <laughs> shot where it's just a close-up of her neck and you could just see the penis going right up and down inside of her throat and, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> It's like magic, yeah. I'll be Again, back one second. Chef's you know? kiss. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it, it's it's always topping the next one. It's like once you once you you know go down the rabbit hole, you know you uh-huh. got to see where Wonderland is. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's you you know it's like well the, I have a limit. You know it's like well why why do you have a limit? You know you should. You should you know, go further, go further.
0: Yeah. Next you thing know, you know, you're watching Red Room and uh, was it K99 movies?
1: What's what's the extreme uh, Korean one? K something. Uh, the, the K3 the Guinea
2: Pig series.
1: Yeah. Um, Both of them. Want to pause for a second and mention? So you said go further, go further. I'm wondering if there's something there emotionally for you about you know the act.
2: Uh, oh, like the, I, the the experience of. I mean. Yeah, it is some. It,
1: it's nice sometimes when people come up with like, "Oh, well,
2: you're the horror guy. You would know this, mm-hmm. you know, or you're, you know, you, you would have that information, you know, like, you know, what movie?" No, no, was no. It no. Where I mean the, guy, the emotional you know, uh, stuck uh, up, you know?
1: enjoyment of pushing boundaries of going further.
2: Oh, of oh, oh, finding, oh, oh, finding it. Yeah, I think that would uh, come with uh, with tripping. Hmm. I think.
3: Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. right. And it's the same thing with uh, like uh, okay, where they say like a. Uh, this uh, is going to incriminate me, but uh, like special K where they say you're going down the, the K hole. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. uh, when I first, I was about 11 or 12. Um, I was introduced to gasoline ah. as a uh, inhalant yeah. and I didn't know what being high was. I didn't know what being drunk was, but I knew that if I huffed on this little jar of, you know, gasoline, that it would take me somewhere, you know, internally. And, I would do it like from sunrise to sunset, not knowing that it was completely destroying my brain cells.
1: Yeah. But,
2: but I literally, I mean, and to put it in terms, I went to the matrix, you know, I, I saw things that I did not know existed, you know? And I think chasing that rabbit hole is what, you know, a lot of people go into to, you know, like seek out the, the unknown and the, the, Mikado, one more better. Be the, yes, the one more better. It's like, well, th- this death scene was cool, but you know, it's of, like with Friday the Thirteenth. After you make ten fucking films, how in the hell are you going to top the fact that we we did this kill like three movies ago? You know,
0: clearly it's showing it's like a penis the, going yeah. in and out of the open neck hole. I mean, that is just like,
2: yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, well, how do we top that? Well, That's I mean, the new Belker. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I I like the creative process with that too. You know, the 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 how do you know how can we, and and I guess it comes with with already having that knowledge or experience. You know, you can't really say, well, you know, what if we stick your penis in the eye holes? Well, you know, so if you think of that logically, your penis isn't going to fit in the eye hole. You know, it's it's uh, only it's like, each, like a, a half inch in there. Yes, exactly. It's like where would you do? It? You <laughs> put it in their mouth, but you know, with rigor mortis setting in, you can't really you know get the mouth adjusted to the right way you know you yeah because it's got that right. downward bend angle yeah. you know so you get the esophagus and you're like well hey, wait a minute okay the esophagus you know you could its basically just a sock you know <laughs> there's an empty hole it stays it stays moist it stays i'm just shaking
1: know. my head thinking about what our guests oh, are God. listening <laughs> to <laughs>
2: <laughs> right <laughs> sorry folks yeah but, but this is the thing that these people that a lot of people right. that make films have to go through, you know, the 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 the, the thought process of, you know, how is this going to work or how is this going to look real or how is this going to, you know, look on film or.
1: Right. Well, what I was thinking about when you were talking about, um, you know, because we trying to dig into the going further and, you know, kind of went in this path of communication or conversation about, uh, you know, the tripping and the K hole huffing gas and hallucinogens and all this. Mm-hmm. And I started wondering, was it about maybe, maybe some sort of escapism, uh, because you were talking about it growing up in a very small town in West Virginia. Um,
2: Oh yeah, definitely could not go anywhere externally. So I started searching internally. Mm-hmm. It's like, where, where can I go internally? You know, not really knowing what psychosis was or like, you know, mental illness or anything like that, you know, it's just like, well, I'm just going on a little trip, you know, I'm, I'm traveling cooking right inside my mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Didn't know and that you could get lost out there and never come back.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, the, the never coming back part I didn't know about, you know, it's <laughs>
1: um, okay. So I guess uh, this would be a good point to jump into the teenage years and you had mentioned Guar and some movies and stuff like that. What else uh, jumped out as you at you as being memorable uh, or impactful from your teenage years?
2: Uh, I went from like movies to music okay. in my teenage years. So it was always a uh, heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was saying, we're, with West Virginia. We didn't really have that many like influences. Like there was no bar that had bands playing. Or there was no like like venue or anything where you have to go to like Pittsburgh. Our closest record store was at the mall, like thirty miles away. Mm-hmm. So I would go to the record store, and I would just look at covers. Like same mm-hmm. thing with the videos. You know, it's it's the cover art. It's like I don't know what the movie is, but as long as you can catch me with that cover, you know that's the uh, first time I, I saw slip or found Slipknot. You know, I looked at the cover, I was like, wow, these guys look fucked up. You know, and I was like, Shit, I'm going to buy this album, and then. Mm-hmm. Fucking blew me away, you know. It's like wow, you know, like Cannibal Corpse. Love their fucking cover album. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know their covers were a amazing. I'm like wow, this is you know. I'm not a big fan of Cannibal Corpse. It's a little too <clears throat> for me, but you know, I, I guess it's uh finding something new and different. You know, it's it's like always looking for.
1: It's funny because I, you know, based on the time frame, I was thinking you were going to mention Iron Maiden, and you went to like Slipknot and Cannibal Corpse. I was like, oh.
2: Okay. No, no, no. I loved, I loved Eddie. You know, Eddie. I used to draw Eddie all the time. (laughs) It was (laughs) Like my, when I used to draw my skulls, they were always based on that like almost triangular, you know, eyes and Mm -hmm. you know. But I never really listened to the music. You know, it's like uh, I'd listen to, this isn't really, (laughs) you know, it's not really heavy metal. The gallops are good. Uh, Yeah. 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 Adventure uh, rock, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. I was going to say it's like a, yeah. like a cousin of glam rock, but um, not really the look, just the sound of it. But yeah, adventure mm-hmm. rock. It's a good way yeah, to describe the
2: it. The galloping. You know?
1: <laughs> okay. So music, art, um, you had mentioned uh, drawing and painting, I guess. I'm guessing you took some art classes in high school or something.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my senior year... Um, by the time I got to my senior year, it was, I had one math class and one, it was one math, one English and one social right. studies that you have to take. Right. And then every other class was art. Same. Like I spent yep. my entire high school years, uh, did blueprints, stuff like that. And then, uh, I had a great art teacher, Mr. Crossett that was like, okay, well let's put you in an independent study. Ooh. And I was like, okay, what's that? Ooh, that's great. That <laughs> right? cool. He's like, I have all this stuff. And just do whatever you want. And you have to give me a portfolio at the end of the semester. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did uh, the airbrush. I did, you know, sandblasting. I mean, I, I had access to everything.
0: Dude, that is know? awesome. And that, that's like a really good thing was, to hear about teachers because he just recognizes a student that is obviously talented. And he's like, you know what? Go nuts. Every medium you can yeah, think of. Like, just well, give me a portfolio by the end of the, the year.
2: Curriculum. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're obviously bored with the curriculum. So here do something you know mm-hmm. and, and uh, i mean yeah but then it, it kind of hurt me because i went to college and, uh, yeah. and they have like structure and stuff it's yeah weird. and it's like well no why don't you draw it like me well i just drew four pictures that look better than yours you know and, and i did it in half the time i was like why is it wrong that i'm doing this this way when you know Art is interpretation. You no, know, you, well, yes, it's interpretation, but you don't learn that until your, your junior year of college, you know, or you have- You're oh, not whatever. ready for that yet. Yeah. yeah, you're not ready for that. Wait a minute. No, I'm,
1: no. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything that um, scared you during your teenage years, either in media or in real life? Um,
2: Ooh. Okay. Cults. Cults really uh, got to me. Like, the, the fact that someone could tell someone- like uh, David Koresh was the big one. Mm-hmm. It's like, how in the hell can these group of people like listen to this person and be like, "Well, this person is the the the, the next birthing of Jesus," you know? And like the, the the psychological control of other people really scared me, you know. Which now I'm like, well, it, it's everywhere. Yeah, you know the the internet just. I mean, everybody the, the misinformation and and all that stuff i mean that that's scary even today but it's always been that way for me it's like is that true is it really true you know it was like because we never had really resources to to look that up you know so if someone says well you know david koresh is really the devil and you know it was good that those guys burned down all those people and stuff I'm like is it though you know these people were just trying to like live a normal life as a, a group together and
1: I'm wondering if that was related to your experiences with your stepfather and evangelism, you know, being told what to think by someone else and, you know, following along.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely a a, a rebellion on that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's. I mean, especially with like religion, It, it was like, you know, well, well, Jesus says this and Jesus says that. Well, no, Jim Baker said that. Yeah. what jesus said you know <laughs> it was his interpretation that's telling you no this is the way it's supposed to be and then you're trying to push that on us and no there's there's other ways to think about things and i, I don't have to believe what you believe in because uh i think loss of freedom probably would be another you know it's a solid fear yeah just a, a straight fear of just you can't do that. You know, but I think that like with the teenage years, I think that, that really, you know, hit me like, well, and uh, again, it was a, a, a nice little week long acid trip with some friends. Like I can do anything I want. You know, it's like, that was like my, my transfer into adulthood was like, you know, I don't have to, to just draw pictures of Bart Simpson. You know, I could draw anything. It was like, you know, I could, I could come up with anything out of the back of my mind and just put it on paper or put it on canvas or, um, I tattooed as well, so it was like, you know, cool. like, can you draw me a picture? Draw, yeah. Can you tattoo that? Sure. You know, it's just another canvas.
1: I um, can see how that could definitely be freeing. I,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, like the day I realized yeah. I could draw my own porn. You know, I mean, it's just it's, it's a <laughs> whole new world,
2: right? Right.
1: <laughs> uh, like, wait, I, I have I
2: a I whole book of penises. What is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, mine doesn't look like anything on there, you know? <laughs> Tell
1: yourself something.
2: Uh, I get along with a lot of people, you know, and I have to live with different groups of people. Like, so I have a music side of me with the uh, lighting and doing the stage work. Mm-hmm. And then I have the movie stuff. I don't really talk to the music people about the movie stuff. And I don't really talk to the music people about, you know, I or, or talk to the yep. movie people about the music stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like you tell somebody, well, I do lighting. Oh, well, you turn lights on and off. And, yeah, mm-hmm. It's a little more complicated than that. Yeah. But then like when I tell somebody in the music business, well, I, I've been in some horror movies and they're like, Oh, whoa, whoa, really? And then I'll show it to them. And then for every time after they see me, it's, <laughs> Hey, head fucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, you fuck one I, I don't really want to be known. Like, yeah, it's great. You know, I did a movie where I had some sex with some heads, but I don't oh, want to be that yeah. guy. You know, it's like, oh, you're a head fucker. Well, no, it was acting. You know, it was fake. It's, like,
0: it's like the extreme horror version of American Pie. Like, instead of Pie Fucker, you're head fucker. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. That is a compliment. Exactly. Like, poor Jason Biggs. <laughs> That's, like, he said that in uh, Jay and Silent Drop Bob Strike. I'm always going to be known as the guy who fucked the head.
1: You know? <laughs> I was going to yeah, say I mean, that, that there are that, worse things kind of in the, the world. So but...
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, but that's, I mean, and, and it was weird. Like talking to the horror people, it was like, well, you, you were the first person that, you know, decided to use the neck instead of anywhere else. And I'm just like, I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, yeah. <laughs> we'll live on. And, yeah, and, and for a while, when we were doing, yeah, you know, when we were doing the, uh, the, the film festivals and stuff like that i would do you know, a lot of times like well first of all i'm sorry you know because <laughs> i've had people come up to me and it's like i can't even be in the same room as you you know and that kills me <laughs> because dude, they're I'm uncomfortable a guy. I'm, I'm a hugger you know nope. I, yeah exactly it's just like uh, i can't be around you because that character is
1: what well I to see be fair me i mean in now, the now. horror community that's you know? a compliment okay.
2: yeah uh, it, somewhat yeah i mean but the for my aspect though it's like but 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 come sit with me and talk with me. You know you'll know that I'm a very nice and sweet and gentle guy. It's like just because I went and did some violent things in a film, you know, doesn't mean that I'm that violent guy, right? you, know? I mean, I guess that was the same thing with work with uh, like uh, Robert Englund trying to be someone other than Freddy. Yeah. You know, people are always going to see him as Freddy, no matter yeah. what he's in. It's like, oh, it's Freddy. Look, hey, you know, and yeah. Th- that's yeah. I'd, I'd like to get into. I'd like to do another movie where maybe I would, uh, you know, <laughs> do something a little less uh, provocative. I guess would be the word. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Be one of those things where there's a, a slight reference to it, kind of like in the opening from the A Team, where there's the Cylon that walks past what's his name from uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Face, I can't think of the guys. Wow, oh, yeah. and uh, that's-
2: Snake, of course, yeah, mm-hmm. with uh, the yes. 17 S's before it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> halloween did you awesome. continue participating in halloween as a teen uh, no
2: i i did it up to like i was like 14 or so
1: after that you know? were you like doing makeup for other people or did you just stop completely what what happened um
2: i it just never had never came up you know it was just you were too cool we'd have like to halloween party. Yeah, yeah, was, I'm, I'm now, yeah i'm i'm teenagers now yeah yeah <laughs> But uh, I, I mean, we still have like Halloween parties and stuff like that, where the costume parties, and like uh, so now we we we've, we've had a uh, tradition where uh, and we're gonna go back to doing drugs again, huh. but uh, we uh, we'll we'll take acid, so yeah. we'll take LSD, and then we we'll carve pumpkins all night, huh. which is wonderful. Okay, so like we get like twenty, thirty pumpkins, we just spend the whole night just cutting up, you know playing with the gushy gushy in the inside and all that stuff. (laughs) And then uh, at the end of the night, we take them all over to the local graveyard and we light them up and we set them on top of all the graves. Hmm. So then when it it comes in the morning, all of the graves are just covered with all these jack-o'-lanterns. And that's been like a tradition for the past almost 10 years now. That sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, this is kind of a good tie-in then because you brought up the LSD and the acid trip again. And what I was going to comment on a minute ago was... Uh, you mentioned the one where you had this sort of epiphany where you said, I can draw anything, I can do anything I want. Um, and again, that kind of spoke to me about, you know, the freedom potentially, you know, coming from living in a small town, that ability to say, I can draw whatever I want and potentially grow as an artist and have a future Yeah. again, potentially. Yeah.
2: Yeah. that that, that's definite. I mean, it's, I I don't have to do what everybody else is doing Mm -hmm. and that is very freeing. You know, I'm, I'm very free spirit. Like if it comes to it, I'll walk 20 miles to get somewhere if it needs be, you know, just because I can, Uh you know, I, I, I I don't like anything that's like restricted, you know, personally. And Mm -hmm. I think that, like you said, it comes from being in a small town where it was like, people have like the same kind of mindset, you know, I just I I don't like it, you know. Mm -hmm. There's there's always there's always three sides to a story, Mm. you know. There's the truth, and then there's the two different aspects of the the two sides, Mm -hmm. you know. And I I guess I'm always looking for the truth. Yeah, I think it
0: goes back to that uh, just natural uh, rebellious nature to go against the grain. You know, just people say that everybody else here in town likes this. You're like, well, do the other. I don't have.
2: Uh, and yeah, I had a friend who was like that. Though, like, you know, I'm not going to listen to this band because everybody else listens to them. But then when everybody else stops listening to them, it's like, oh, I love this band now. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, right. That kind of thing. Uh, which is annoying to me sometimes, but I, I get it. You know, it's it's <laughs> you know it, you, the, the the whole punk rebellious thing. You know, it's like I'm going to give myself a mohawk because fucking everybody thinks it looks strange on me. i was like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, because I'm strange. I'm a strange person. Hmm. You know, I do reverse mohawk.
1: I think yeah. I would have phrased it a little differently. Chris talked about rebellion, but for me, I think it's a, more about uh, everybody always wants the thing that they don't have.
2: Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. That's yeah. definitely grass is always greener over there. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, well, yeah.
2: Or even like Trent Reznor, I just want something I can never
1: have. Nah. <laughs> One of my favorite songs off that album. So, moving into adult years, um, what has been or what have been the key influences? influences, Key influences. There we go. In
2: horror, in horror. um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, back when I was talking about uh, meeting Arthur Mm Cullifer, he uh, he was running a a horror host event at a uh, local video store here in Bloomington that had like a little screening room in the back. And, uh, we did, uh, horror hosting. So, uh, there was the, uh, the atomic age cinema with, uh, five mon- monsters from the Midwest who would get drunk with you and make fun of really bad horror movies. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, uh, it was great. It was, uh, improv. Um, we let the audience participate, you know, so everybody would be drinking. Everybody started just yell out at the movies. We had like, you know, door prizes and, and all that stuff. And, uh, but with the the horror hosting it got me into watching obscure movies you know and finding movies that you know not many people have seen and like even like the the, like like where they were saying we find the worst horror movies in the world and we're gonna fucking show them to you right now you know we've unearthed them you know and getting them out and that became more of a obsession than you know just the gore and stuff like that it was it's like where can I find this this weird movie that was made in nineteen seventy eight that was you know the 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 pinnacle of this type of movie you know and that kind I mean, of like
0: thing. that one about the giant crabs on the island
2: yeah Wait, it was yeah. crab uh, uh was it uh, attack of the crab monster
0: somewhere? something like that I don't know
2: yeah uh, things <laughs> like like them they uh mm-hmm. the old like fifties movies that were like the atomic movies and you know, the Atom age where everything's going to grow giant because we accidentally put a bomb somewhere. And I mean, which they still do with Godzilla now. And, but yeah, with the horror hosting, it was just like trying to find all these movies that we could host. You know, we, we need a show every night, every Saturday night. So we need to come up with another movie that, you know, nobody's ever seen, you know, and that became the obsession. It was just like finding the, 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 the hidden gems everywhere. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how I found like the American Guinea pigs and the, you know, and, meet media, you know, like Steve Bureau stuff and, uh, just, uh, uh screamer claws, the, 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 where the dead go to die. Um, yeah. The, uh, Oh, I have it over there. I can't remember
3: what it's called. <laughs>
1: um,
2: yeah. Um, and we also, uh, started doing a, we had a film festival here in Bloomington, the, the dark carnival film festival.
1: I want to talk about what has been, what kind of horror stuff has been in your life as an adult it, for, for you as a fan, uh, not just your work. Like, has there been anything in, in your adult years that you have been a fan of?
2: Um, well, I can tell you, I definitely don't like found footage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I Blair Witch, when I first saw it, I thought, wow, this is real. Holy shit. This is all the stuff. But then I saw the actors the next day on MTV going, hey, we got a movie out. You know, it's like, oh, you know. <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I got, like, recently I, I've just been into Marvel movies. I, I, I like the eye candy. Like, if I'm going to see a movie, like, in a theater and I'm paying 15 bucks to go see it, I, I want to see stuff. I don't, I don't want to sit and watch two people talking and hugging out and, you know, speaking about their emotions and stuff like that. I mean, I like a little bit of everything, you know, it, it's as long as it has a good story, as long as I can, like, um, I, I really love the Marvel stuff because they took, like, the original, the regular story, and then they added, like, we're a, a separate story that's like the end credits, you know, and this is like a totally separate story that's building up. You know, and it gave me that episodical feeling that, man, I can't wait till the next movie so I can watch what's going to happen on the end credits. You know, what's going to happen? You know, what is this building up to? Like, oh, shit, they got Thanos. Oh, fuck. You know, Thanos is coming. Thanos is coming. Like, like, I love that. I love, love, love taking all of those movies. Like, it was like 10 years of movies that all like just, uh, you know, culminated into one film, you know, and it's just like, oh, I love it. (laughs) The good, good creative story writing. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like like uh, what was it? Uh, You're Next. You know, I didn't like the fact that, you know, it was the twist. Like, you know, it was the the girl there. She just happened to be a a survivalist. You know, and she started just killing all these killers and all this stuff. And you know, I mean, it, it started out as an original idea, but then it was like, oh, no, now we're doing this, you know. <laughs> so,
0: it- <laughs> no, it's, I thought it was good. It was like uh, Home Alone with crossbows and blenders.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's interesting to me that uh, you've gone from, you know, in your early childhood, you know, being interested in the gore and the special effects and the extremism to now it almost sounds like you don't even really care about that so much you're really focused on the good story part of it um
2: yeah i I, i've matured (laughs) like when that actually i think it was it came with when i met arthur and we started getting into the the horror hosting and like making fun of the bad movies it was like you know it's like yeah there's gore and i know how to do that and you know i can make that oh that's just you know, some silicone and some stuff like that. I can do a better job than that. You know, it became that kind of thing. And I was just like, well, I don't like being like that. You know, I don't like being that person. Like, well, I could have done better, you know, hmm. stuff like that. So, but, but like getting into the credits rolling and going, wow, that was a really good story. You know, that was a really good movie. That was, that was, that was good. You know, it didn't have to be, you know, just tits and ass and running around and stuff like that. You know, they made a smart film. You know, and that's where I started, you know, that's where I guess my taste matured, you know, where it was like, okay, yeah, gore's got its place. But, you know, in order to make a really good movie, you have to have all
1: the elements. So it sounds like, uh, you know, that your experience with the atomic age cinema part of it, as you would maybe say, broaden your heart, your horizons in terms of it being more than just being about the gore.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and when it got into like actual filmmaking too, then we all became like critical of like shots and angles and like thinking about like, okay, why did they choose that moving shot? Or why did they, you know, it's like, there's like the one thing, like if you're showing a hero progressing, they always have them start from the left and go to the right. Or if someone's like, you know, if someone's more powerful than another person, they go like with a, a low angle shooting up you know, or if the, the person's like a, a victim or something, they'll do a high angle shooting down, you know, to where it makes them look smaller right. and, you know, stuff like that. I started like looking into that. Like, why, why are they doing that? You know? And, and like using that as, instead of just blatantly telling you what's going on and stuff, like using the camera work and using like, like I say, the soundtrack and using effect, the, the sound effects and the visual effects and like putting all that together to make one story without actually just sitting there saying, well, this person is running from this person. Yeah. You know? Show, don't tell. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, a, I think, with Found, that's what made the most impact at the end of Found was that you didn't see anything that was going on. Yeah. You know, it was all about the, 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 the effects in the background, like just the gurgling and the slashing and the, the screaming and the yelling and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's way more scary than, say, fucking watching the boy banging his mom, you know, that would have turned a lot of people off, but, but you know, the fact that they're sitting there listening to all that shit happening right now, you know, was, was way more impactful than us actually going through and showing any of it, you know? And that's, that's what I loved about that part. You know, it was just, yeah, that that's, that's, that's filmmaking, you know, it, it's, it, you're, you're exactly Again, showing it without showing it. It is, but yeah, being is, a fan
1: of auteur, uh, of, you know, the auteur part of, filmmaking to me is slightly different from being a fan of horror. Mm. And you've kind of alluded to that in, you know, talking about Marvel movies and eye candy and things like that. And, you know, this other love, shall we say, um, somewhat cropping up. So it seems like there's almost like two competing things here. You've got your love for the art of filmmaking and it's slightly separate from your love of horror movies.
2: Of gore. Um, Yeah
1: there is some overlap well, listen, i mean they got rid of a lot
2: of i mean they don't okay so what happened was they got rid of the monsters and they made the monsters men mm. and mm-hmm. that drives me nuts why yeah. <laughs> yeah. i it's I, and i know it's like they're trying to be more realistic about it but i, I have a love of the absurd you know it's it's it, it takes away from the 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 absurdity of saying a guy that's got an entirely burnt face and stuff, and then he's like jumps into your dreams and things like that. You know, now it's just some random dude, like a red eye. I thought red eye was a great movie, but I really hated the fact that, you know, it's just a guy. And it's just a guy, you know, tormenting this girl on the airplane for the whole flight. You know, (laughs) it's (laughs) like, damn, come on, Wes. (laughs) you know. What do you? I mean,
1: what I, do you love about the the absurdity and about the monsters? Uh, um, I I don't know really.
2: I mean, it's it's maybe the I,
0: unknown aspect of it. Yeah, like I yeah so. the the
2: unbelievability, I guess. Or you know, it's like where you know that can't happen. You know, it's like, but what if it did? You know, the, like aliens showing up. Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole alien things. You know, it's, it's I, I like the fact that someone can creatively make something that would normally not exist. You know, as opposed to oh, it's just some guy, you know, walking around killing people.
0: There you know, is that's... actually a movie called "Some Guy Who Kills People."
2: It's, yes, it's yes, that I point. love that movie. Yeah, and, <laughs> we, yeah, uh, it's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah I, I was really impressed with that too. And it's like to the end, like right to the, to the twist of the end. I did it all for you. You know, it's like, oh mm-hmm. god.
1: Well, let's uh, let's jump past most of the adult questions here. There's a couple of, towards the end that I like to wrap up with. Um, You've already mentioned Elm Street's probably your favorite movie. The other question we'd like to ask is yeah. what movie have you watched more times than any other? Because that may not always be the same as your favorite.
2: Oh, Star Wars. <laughs>
1: Damn, why do you, why do you answer. sound upset with that? Uh, well, <laughs> uh,
2: okay. So, uh, um, I guess, uh, I, I'm a bit of an enigma to most of my friends. I guess I, I have, like I was saying with the, the music and the, the stuff, I mean, different people know me for different things. Like some people know me as just Shane. Some people know me as a musician called that guy. You know, some people know me as Shane Beasley, the lighting guy. Some people know me as Shane Beasley, the actor, you know, and all that stuff. So when people are buying me gifts for like Christmas or birthday, it's like, well, he likes Elm street and he likes star Wars, you know, it's like, yeah, I like star Wars and all that stuff. So everybody just buys me Star Wars <laughs> stuff. And so I've got an entire living room full of like Yoda, Vader. I've got like bobbleheads out the ass of just Star Wars characters and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I do like it. Not but that much. when you come into <laughs> my room, it's like, I'm, I'm like a Star Wars super fan. So, <laughs> so what, we, what we did was we would uh, we'd make a, a drinking game and we'd do the marathon for Christmas time. So mm-hmm. we watched all the way from one all the way to, to what, nine? what's the last one? The, the, the rise of Skywalker. I know. Yeah. Um, and every time the lightsaber would go, shoom, take a drink. Ah. Oh, so, yeah. A okay. Dangerous drinking. game, Right. Okay. But okay. When the first three, it's like every five minutes, shoom, shoom. <laughs> you know, if, if it's two at the same time, you do two drinks, you know, if, yeah? if two people okay. get their lights, So, but by the time at the end of three, it's like, you're sloshed. You're sloshed, sloshed. Yeah. Schlossed, schlossed. yeah and but uh then it slows so down, by son. four they do it twice <laughs> like maybe three times in the entire movie so by the huh. time you go to like three four and five or uh, four five like and six it's like yeah so you're like you sober up and then you get yeah, back you, into you like little seven, eight, little nine and they're, they're like they do it every once in a while but there, there aren't as many like the first three were all about the lightsabers everybody was i mean the jedi were everywhere everybody's like and then like from four five and six, it was like, well, no, we don't do that anymore. You know, it's, uh, it's the Jedi or someone else, you know? I mean, if I did pick a religion, it would be Jedi, but you know, but yeah, Star Wars. I mean, I've watched Star Wars, Jesus, way more than any other movie. What do you like about those? Um, Oh, the fantasy aspect, I, The like it started off. I love the fact that they are on spaceships and they're having all these battles and they got the lightsabers and all that stuff.
0: And it's in the past somehow.
2: Yeah, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You know, but uh, once I got older and again my tastes matured, you know, it was more of the, the the classic good versus evil. Um, it's the the you know the the good guy coming through and the the bad guy, you know. But then, like by the time you get to like Return of the Jedi, where the bad guy wasn't really a bad guy, he was kind of forced into it, you know, that kind of thing. And but then when you watch the first three, it's like, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I don't get it. You know, they, they kind of. Screwed the pooch on that one. It's like, you know, no, you know, that bullshit. <laughs> you know, Pat May just happens to die because she gave up. You know, it's like she died know, from had, sadness. Yeah, she was very, very sad. Yeah. Poor, and poor, and died. poor Anakin, you know, it's like it was poor Anakin the whole fucking time. And it's like it isn't poor Anakin, you know, it's it's fucking Bader. You know, he's a badass. That motherfucker blows up planets.
1: <laughs> so do you see any common threads about what kinds of horror that you like? Cannibalism, occults, metaphysical. It sounds like monsters.
2: Ooh, Yeah. I, I love monster movies. <laughs> I, I, I love, uh, like, uh, Cloverfield. I really like the way they did that. Um, I, I liked, uh, I mean, I do love kaiju movies. I mean, Pacific Rim was like, fuck yes. Finally, you know, I watched it in IMAX <laughs> in 3D and 3d. It was like, First scene when that kaiju just comes running through the thing, I was like yeah, you know that, that's going to be awesome. You know the, the visual aspect, you know the, the kaiju blue, I really like the, the the fact that they came up with a glowing color. You know it was really cool. Um, I, I like uh, uh, color sequences, hmm. you know, like with the, the the color space where everything was in magenta. You know, it yeah. just made you feel eerie, you know, and, and icky because I mean the world isn't in magenta. You know, the, it's like seeing something that, that isn't tangible, you know, it's, again, with the going back to uh, just something you, you can't have, you know, and I don't know. I, I, I've watched a lot less horror than I should be lately, but it's also because they haven't been making as much horror as they have before. It goes into waves, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like horror is okay now, but then, okay, now we're at a different time. And, you know, like the, the whole, like, you can't be very uh offensive in a way it's like you know comedy is almost non-existent now you know and, and horror
0: has kind of been divided into two two paths now you have your mainstream horror which has to be pc that's just part of the package absolutely and then you have your indie horror which is still indie horror on the side you know we're not going to be running down the the red carpet at can anytime soon but yeah, but we can show and, things like uh, a creepy clown drumming. sawing a woman in half from you know, upside down from starting at the vagina and Exactly. So I've I've
2: <laughs> definitely pulled my way towards more independent horror. You know, yeah. I I, I uh, work at uh, the Horror Hound Weekend up here in uh, Cincinnati and in Indianapolis, oh, cool. like a local haunt. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, the stage manager for the after party. For the after just, party. <laughs> well, I, I'm not. Uh, my character Woody is. Uh, Woody is the the guy that was in Atomic uh, Age Cinema. So he moved on over to Horror Hound Weekend and. You know, so every time Horror Hound Weekend is, I was like, I, I'll go, I'll work at Horror Hound Weekend, but I have to be in costume, you know. Then that's that's a whole other story, too. I mean, there was five years that nobody knew who I, or everybody would know who I was, and they would know who Woody was, but they didn't know that we were the same person.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I would like stay away from that fourth wall and, and all that. And mm-hmm. that's a whole other story. But, but yeah, so, but that got me into, you know, the, the independent films, uh, independent films. You know, it's, it's like, we don't have to be mainstream. We don't have to do, we don't have to have the, the trademark name. We don't have to have, you know, Ghostbusters. We don't have to be, we don't have to be Pinhead or Freddy or anything like that. We can just make whatever we want and push the boundaries that way. And I love that. You know, I love the, the, this goes back to the whole rebellious, you know, we don't have to do what you say because we're doing our own thing, you know,
1: and I love that now. That's, it's kind of funny that you brought that back around again because you know when you're talking about independent films and pushing boundaries you know it really unless you can think of something that we've missed or if you know you can say this doesn't really jive for you and you think it's something else but you know the thing I keep hearing coming up again is you know the small town is part of it and also maybe you're you know the first stepfather where you're talking about the uh, religion stuff and the pushing boundaries and you know the escapism mm-hmm. keeps coming up. That's what I keep hearing unless there's, like I say, unless yeah. there's something else that you can think of that, or if you don't think that rings true and you think it's something else. Oh no,
2: that that definitely rings true. I mean, that's, it's, it's that's definitely me. You know, it's, uh, I, w- I was born in San Bernardino, California, but I didn't know about it. So like being raised in West mm-hmm. Virginia was just like, you know, I never had the, the big city, you know, aspect of like always being afraid that, you know, crime and stuff like that, you know? So then when I, I like moved into the cities and stuff like that, it was always like, you know, okay, this is kind of, you know, (laughs) but then it goes in with the horror too. It's just like, I want something that, you know, everybody is going to be like, you know, well, that you know, that, that movie was too much for me. I'm like, well, good. Let me see, (laughs) you know, let's see if it's too much for me, you know, constantly testing that boundary of, you know, what is too much and what is too too graphic or what is too you know there's there's certain things you know rape movies i don't like rape movies you know it's like why why do we have to make every movie a goddamn rape movie you know
0: <laughs> yeah it almost seems like a like like a like a staple in most modern extreme horrors you mm-hmm. gotta have the rape scene at least a scene
2: yeah you know like uh, irreversible well i mean know? that kind of like, ties that, into that, that, that was their claim to fame it's like we have a full seven minute rape scene Good for you, Mm -hmm. buddy. You know, (laughs) that's
0: Good. Yeah, it's it's good that you did that thing
1: there.
2: They they put it on the tagline a full seven minutes of rape. You know, watch (laughs) this movie. You know, (laughs) interesting. Yeah, no. Well,
1: I mean, this kind of ties into what we're talking about too, because, you know, rape is all about power and control. And so if you're a person that seeks freedom and escaping from those kinds of things, of course, that would be uncomfortable to you.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it's not horrific. Well, it is, but
1: in a different way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, get me off the couch. (laughs) Thanks, Will.
1: Considering the theme of the podcast, is there anything that you think is relevant that we haven't talked about that maybe you were thinking we might get around to?
2: I mean, not offhand. I mean, we've pretty much been uh, going back and forth on the whole uh, small-town escapism (laughs) and... and, Mm -hmm. You know, trying to find more, always I, looking for that that little bit. I of feel more. bad
1: because I almost feel like I'm pushing you towards that and like pigeonholing you. But I oh no, that, that's
2: fine. I I, I I I'm I'm really terrible at these things. <laughs> well,
0: um, yeah, and pigeonholing the guess is usually what I do, Steve. That's, that's my right. job.
2: No, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just mean I I don't want to do that if if that's not accurate. You know, the whole oh no, it is
2: accurate though, and, and it's you know, this is a whole revelation for me now. It's like wait. Well,
1: Yeah, maybe that
2: is why, you know, that is why I do that, you know, could be,
1: yeah. I mean, part of the reason that we're doing this podcast too, is as you kind of alluded to, you can come to a similar point, uh, from two different places and, or from multiple places and, you know, Mm. having this podcast to interview people and try to find out, you know, what are the different sources that lead to this destination? Um, is part of the interest. Yeah, it's
2: a very original outlook on yeah. that. That's it's a very it's very smart. I, I, I congratulate you, you guys on that. No, thank you. you. Know. We like it. <laughs> yeah, I I, like, I never even thought. I was like, well, what? Why? Why do I like this? You know, <laughs> it's like okay. And then going through, it was like, oh, okay. I'm kind a of small town boy who had an abusive stepfather. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and some of it, you know, yeah. just the general love of the um,
2: macabre. The macabre, the dark. Uh, I was that's, say uh, the art, yeah, my whole too. family, we're all like. Uh, my sister works in an emergency room. My brother used to be a nurse. Okay. Like he used to change the bandages on amputees. You know, so like wow. stuff like that. We, we don't get squeamish. You know, we were always like, you know, we were the kids that would poke the the dead animal yeah. with a stick to see what would come out of it. You know, or you know, if, if someone was cut open real bad, you know, no one would faint. You know, we were just be like, oh shit, I'm cut, right. you know mm-hmm. Or something like that. We always had that 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 internal. You know, sense of uh, I don't know the macabre. I guess would be yeah the the, the drawing to that that death and grossness. Right. You know, like, yeah, but that you
1: know. gross things just have more detail. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say that mm-hmm. that kind of stuff you can't really find a source on it. Sometimes it's just the way you you're wired. But um, the interesting thing with this call and with your background that we've talked about is you know the other things about the small town thing possibly adding to it. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. We're, we're all pretty much nullified,
1: you know? Well, before we close the call, did you, uh, is there anything that you've thought about maybe that you want to pitch? Maybe, uh, seeing Um, as how headless apparently nets you a little more than, uh, found
2: (laughs) a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, go to scottshermer.com. Um, we did have forbiddenfilms.com, but I guess it got hacked. And uh, we don't know how to unhack it. It sent nice. you to a link to some Mexican film company down in uh, somewhere. Um, so he just basically did com, And that's where you can find all of our movies. Um, if we still have them. Um, I think he's doing a reprint of Harvest Lake. Um, I
0: was about to ask. Yeah, I think we I have like what's...
2: 12 copies of Headless left or something like that. No shit. And, uh, we're not sure if we're going to do another run. I mean, it's a, it's... Like almost three grand or something like that to get like 2000 copies made, you know, and it depends on how the quality and all that stuff, too. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, look it up. I mean, you can find this out there. But, but yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, it's just, you know, people seeing it, you know, if, if you have art, you, you need people to see it. Mm. Art is shit unless you have someone else to share it with. Absolutely. You know, I, I could sit there and draw pictures for myself all day and it ain't going to make a difference. You know, it's like if someone comes up and sees like, wow, that's beautiful. And it's like, good. that I've done something right.
1: You know? Nice. Nice. Well, thank mm-hmm. you for your time. Yes. And, uh, oh, thank you guys.
2: I hope you can use some of this footage.
1: We'll figure something. out. And okay. thank you to anybody out there listening again, please do come visit us at horror makes us or tell a friend uh, we do have a list of people we'd like to interview on the website if you can help us connect with any of them or if you'd like to have somebody added to the list let us know um, you can hit us up on social media let us know how we're doing there's links on the website uh, yeah or makes thanks